Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Big Sills! Easter week, Holy Week. Hope all are in great spirits. How could you not be? You live in the greatest country in America or you live in the greatest country in the world. How could you not be in a good place right now, living in this country? The ability to talk sports, the ability to do whatever you guys want. It's awesome time. Three weeks out from the NFL draft, it's Masters week. I mean, by the way, before I get into a little bit all the things that we're going to hit on, there is a ton of conversation. You know, it's funny when I go over to my Twitter page and I see we put a soundbite up from the show yesterday. And Tone and everyone with the IT guys, you guys are doing a great job. Okay, you are. Hey, you guys want full context? Watch the show. That's the idea of a tease or a clip. So we said yesterday that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are working on the framework wrapped around what they're doing in Kansas City with Mahomes. Nowhere in that show yesterday did I say I ever saw Jalen Hurts' contract. The length of it, the amount of money for it, nowhere. But see what people, it shows you what the sinister people that are on Twitter do. They take a clip and they wrap it into whatever narrative they want. Julio saw the contract. Yeah, right. No, I never did. I never said I saw that. Nowhere in three hours did I say that. But people take a snippet or whatever, a misquote, and they make it into anything they want to make it into. Make anything. And other people are reporting it. Hey, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are working on a contract with the framework of Patrick Mahomes. It's not just me. But of course, you know, it's just funny. I say it, everyone goes nuts. Others say it, it's not a big deal. I guess we're lucky in a way. We are. We're lucky. Okay? And Jeffy goes, hey, Jeffy, I just want to make sure you know it's big sales. You know what I'm saying? Okay? It's GT, right? But but there is, and, and, and GT, the one thing that I have seen, though, is a framework for what that Mahomes deal looks like. It's pretty team-friendly. It is totally team-friendly. And the Eagles are going to have a lot of latitude, and they're going to have a lot of, Vehicles to do whatever they need when it comes to structuring this contract. So if they have to go get money, they're going to go to the Jalen Hurts Bank. That's what we're going to start calling it, Tone. If the Eagles need money for players, they're going to go to 
Jalen Hurts National Bank. That's what they're going to do. Jalen, we need to get about $25 million so that we can sign X amount of players. Sure. Hey, Clutch is cool with this. Now, I agree what Jason Cole said yesterday on the structuring of this contract. There's got to be guarantees and safety uh, mechanisms in there for Hurts because of the style of play. And personally, again, remember something here. Style of play versus contract negotiations. Aren't those two different things? You do have to weigh those in. I'm not a fan of that style of play. It's irrelevant. This is what they're doing. They're putting a contract together that resembles what they're doing in Kansas City. That's a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes way to win. Good for them. Jalen wants to be in partners with the Eagles, and the Eagles want to be partners with him. Okay? Congratulations. All good. I'll tell you this. Wouldn't you rather be Philadelphia right now than Baltimore? Holy cow. Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. I don't, what do you think is a worse situation right now? Green Bay and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? What's in, what's more chaotic right now? I think it's Baltimore. You know why? The quarterback in Baltimore is 25. The guy in Green Bay is 40. You got one or two years max with Aaron Rodgers. You got another decade of that guy. I think the Baltimore situation is a lot more chaotic than the one in Green Bay. Because there's not a lot of years wrapped around that whole thing up there. You got Baltimore. Baltimore is going to allow a franchise quarterback that you matured and nurtured into being an MVP potentially walk out of the room or better yet have to come back on a shitty contract that he doesn't want to play on. There's no chance of that thing succeeding. Zero. Zero chance of that succeeding. All right. Before we get to the topics, I just wanted to clarify that. We didn't say anywhere in the show yesterday we saw Jalen Hurts' contract. That's a bunch of bullshit. And that's the media dudes that come on this show, pretend who they are on Twitter, and they sit there and try to start some shit up. Nobody said that yesterday here. Okay? Don't kid yourself. It's funny. You know, how, 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 how people watch the show. You'd be shocked to watch this. I found out a lot yesterday, especially a ton of people that tune in from the Novacare Center every day. We appreciate it. And we thank you. Before we get into the topics, um, it's Tiger Week. Oh, excuse me. It's Masters Week. I watch the Masters. I'm not going to lie. I love the Masters. I mean, I watch the four major events. The other ones, I'll probably watch the players. But the other events, I don't give a shit about the shell open. <laughs> and quite frankly, if Tiger's not in it, I don't care. I have no caring. Imagine that. You understand something when you talk about Tiger Woods. You're talking about a guy who is the needle. How many guys in your last 25 years you've been watching sports are the needle? I wrote down a couple guys here. Watch this. LeBron James does not make me want to watch NBA basketball. He doesn't. 
He doesn't motivate me like Jordan. Shit, he don't motivate me like Larry Bird or Magic. Those two kind of were synonymous with one another. I wrote down these guys who are the needle movers over the last 25 years. Okay? Tiger, MJ, Tyson. Would Brady be one of those guys? Can you name me anyone else? As a matter of fact, like when you think about boxers, Floyd Mayweather, after a while, watching him run around for 12 rounds, he owned the money belt for sure. And I bought, but at the end, I stopped watching because it wasn't really compelling fighting. It wasn't compelling. Tiger, MJ, Tyson was 54 years old last year and made $10 million in a sparring match with Roy Jones. He made more money than the heavyweight champion did fighting in a title fight in a sparring match with Roy Jones. What does that tell you about Tyson? If Tyson were to fight for the heavyweight championship today, Tyson would make $100 million. He'd make $100 million. And by the way, even if he got beat, you'd still watch him. MJ, Tiger, Brady, I'm assuming. There's really no other football guy I can think of that makes me have appointment setting television. There's no appointment setting guys in the NBA today. You know why? You don't know whether or not they're going to take the night off or whether they're going to load manage, whatever that means. NFL itself, the league, is appointment setting. Tiger's appointment setting. Dude, you don't want a sporting event going on with Tiger's teeing it up on Thursdays and Fridays. By the way, you want to see massive ratings and declines? If Tiger don't make the uh, cut this weekend, Thursdays and Fridays? I don't know how the networks don't go 24-7 Thursdays and Fridays and just have a guy just follow Tiger around, have a drone just follow his ass around. (laughs) Because following Rory McIlroy around doesn't move the needle. You're lucky it's the Masters. I love compelling athletes. Tiger's compelling. For whatever reason, his greatness, his skin color, his desire to want to be a guy who passes Jack, all of that. Race, politics, religion, a golfer in slacks. Moves the needle? Is golf even a sport? Tiger moves the needle, dude. There's not an NBA guy. I'll tell you this. Tiger's ever on a leaderboard on a Saturday or Sunday and you got a big NBA game? Don't think you're ever going to beat that. Shit, you got women's basketball beating that thing now. Bo Jackson? Not really. You think like Brady? Anybody else other than Brady, can you think, move the needle? In the last 20 years, give me another NFL guy that moved the needle like Tiger and Brady. See, the NFL is going to survive, though. Like, it, the NBA's never survived without Jordan. Not ratings-wise. It's not the same. Magic and Larry and MJ were the golden age of NBA basketball. You have to remember what it's bookended with. You have to remember that 
1979, the Sonics and the Washington Bullets were on tape delay for their NBA Finals. They were on tape delay. Mahomes is getting there, Chief. Mahomes is getting there. Hey, maybe Serena Williams. Serena Williams makes me watch her. She does. I watch Serena. Serena's the greatest tennis player, not woman's tennis player. She's the greatest U.S. tennis player of all time. Okay? She's the greatest tennis player. Not woman, tennis player in American sports history. And she makes me go like this. Get the channel changer and go, I got to watch Serena, man. Serena makes me do this. Okay? Jordan made me do this. Record. Brady, record. LeBron, mm, I don't care. Great player. Kevin Durant, don't make, that's not appointment setting television. Sorry. Tiger Woods in golf. <laughs> His appointment setting is amazing. Mike Tyson, dude, you had to watch a Tyson fight. You had to watch a Tyson fight. And get this, I never wait. I haven't wasted more money in my life than watching Tyson fights because they usually lasted three minutes. <laughs> it were three minutes and it was over. And you were like, shit. But you had to watch it. Americans like train wrecks. Tiger Woods. I watch him. Man, dude, I got up this morning. You know what? Instead of watching the shows or listening to the shows that I like to listen to, I had to watch Tiger. I had to watch it. Trust me. A non-diverse sport like golf doesn't move my needle. I don't like white boy sports. I, li I like to have diversity in it. And that's not a sport that really kind of moves my needle. Okay? You know, there's one thing also that I've learned about doing shows like this compared to when I did radio. I can't tell you how many times I tune on shows and I think our network does a spectacular job, but I can't tell you how many times I watch other shows who put insignificant um, guests on and I'm watching you guys, what you guys are saying over here. And I'm going, holy cow, these people over here are talking about something that the audience doesn't want. This is actually more about you guys. That's why I'm glad we're 90% football. You guys are... You guys are starving to see what the Eagles do in three weeks. And so am I. Major League Baseball, hey, wake me up in 20 games. NBA, hey, wake me up when we get to the second round. Find out. Wake me up in the second round. I mean, shit, the players in the NBA don't give a shit about the regular season. Why should you? Isn't that funny? Player, the league wants you to pay for season tickets for the NBA. But the players don't even give a shit. Why should you? Wake me up when they care. Wake me up when they care and I'll care. Jordan, if you ever go back and look at Jordan's stat line, look at how many 80 games he played. Dude, I don't, Jordan must have played like seven years in a row, never missing a game. MJ. That's what made Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player of all time. He had more of a love of the game than uh, LeBron did. 
LeBron, if you're going to start a basketball team, LeBron can play all five positions for you. Same thing with Will. Same thing with Will. Will can play all five positions, arguably the greatest talent in the history of the NBA, him and LeBron. Funny, if I had to win an NBA title, I'm not taking either of those two guys. I'm going to take Russell, and I'm going to take MJ. May even take Magic over those two guys. May even take Kareem. Dude, every time you bring up GOAT conversations and who moves the needle, you know what made Tiger so great? Tiger Woods, you can't compare him to Jack. Do you know who Tiger is? He's Jack and Arnold combined. Arnold brought golf to the television sets. Jack brought the greatness to it. Tiger brought both. That's what Tiger is. He's Jack and Arnold. That's what makes him so riveting. And he's a minority in a dominated white sport. His greatness supersedes all of that for sure. But it's compelling. Tiger's special. You will never see. You know, you, you know you're special. When you see this, and you hear this every year, he's the next Tiger. Rory's the next Tiger. DeChambeau's the next Tiger. Um, this guy's the next Tiger. Every time you keep hearing the next Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine this? Babe Ruth, you haven't seen. There's only 14. I don't know if you guys know this. We're going to get to the topics here, I promise. Do you know there's actually only 14 actual playing minutes of Babe Ruth? And we still talk about that guy 85 years after his last at bat. That just shows you when people talk about some of the greatest needle movers like Ruth and those guys, you talk about Babe Ruth 85 years after his last at bat. Dude, that's moving the needle. Tiger Woods is Arnold Palmer and Jack all rolled into one. He's a walking encyclopedia. Tiger's impact on the game of golf, it's not so much with African-Americans. It's surely Asians now are just so prominent in the sport. It's great. Golf is getting more diverse, and the Asian golfers dominating it now. That's an impact, I believe, from Tiger. Tiger brought both. My, my opinion, remember Tiger's mom used to send him over and have him go to Asia all the time and playing those tournaments overseas. Tiger Woods is on your television set. Nothing else kind of matters. All right, let's get into the let's get into the topics here, especially when we're three weeks out from the draft. By the way, Philly 500 at 5:30 today. Um How important are the 10 and 30th pick, do you think, for the Eagles this year and their chances of winning? Do you think the 10th and the 30th pick in this year's draft is going gonna, is gonna to sway whether or not the Eagles repeat as NFC champions? If you The 10th and 30th pick, do you think – one of those two or two of those picks 
are going to sway in any way whether or not the Eagles win the NFC title or not. Last year's draft didn't matter. Will this year's draft matter? You think that 10th and 30th pick will be a significant... Is that the tipping... Is that the tipping point of whether or not the Eagles are going to win the NFC? Personally, I don't think it is. I don't think there's a player at 10 or 30 that you could take in this year's draft that's going to tip the scales whether or not you repeat as NFC champions. I, I just don't see it. Maybe you do. Look, I told you yesterday, Bijan and... Um, it, it, it's funny when I hear people go... Hey, listen, taking a running back at 10 is not the right thing. Yeah, but you know what I tell you? So you know what you'll do? You'll take the lesser player. How common sense? Think about the common sense now. There's people in Philadelphia would rather have the Eagles take the lesser player at 10 than the right player and not overdraft and do exactly what the organization has done for the last 23 years, overdraft players in the first round. Do you understand that? Drafting a running back at 10 is a bad idea. Well, shit. Drafting Jalen Rager was a bad idea. Overdrafting Jordan Davis was a bad idea. Andre Dillard was a bad idea. Derek Barnett was a bad idea. I mean, seriously. Hey, the position, I get it. But when you start talking to me like taking a particular player at 10 was a bad idea, what about the shitty picks they've had at 10? Or in the first round. I mean, honestly, man, you make it sound like the Eagles land on these pods that turn into Jason Kelsey in the first round. That's obnoxious and dumb. So you'll, some people in Philly would rather have you take the lesser player at 10. Listen to that. Well, I'll take an edge rusher. Why? He's not better than Carter or... Or Bijan Robinson. So you're going to take the lesser player on a team that's pretty stacked on offense. And your front four is probably the best in the NFC East right now. <laughs> okay. That's a fundamentally flawed mentality, in my opinion. You got to win a Super Bowl this year. You got a two year winner before that contract is going to kick in with Hurts. Okay. And by the way, you can't miss on picks. You're not going to have the luxury of missing picks any longer. When your quarterback makes $50 million for the next seven years, you ain't, you better land on your picks like Kansas City did. You better hit on them. Howie's not going to have the luxury. You know what? You know what the next seven years is going to look like with Jalen Hurts' contract? You're going to be looking at B actors in free agency. And you're going to have to build through the draft. Howie's going to be kind of handcuffed a bit when it goes out to wanting to pay for big-time free agents. Well, you think you're, you're not – you don't have the best of all of it no more. Not after 24. Just think about what I said. The majority of the media people in Philadelphia would rather have you take the lesser player at 10. Then take, and they want you to take a position of need, which is overdrafting. That's why more people, 
You want to hear something crazy? I got a stat for you before we move on. Totally where I'm going with this. I'm going to show you this. This is just in quarterbacks, the premium position. This is the fundamentally flawed mentality that Philadelphia media people have when it comes to that 10th pick. Here's the stats. The last 15 years, first-round quarterbacks. Why? Why? Why do I pick the quarterback position? Because traditionally it's overdrafted. They labeled them home run, mixed results, incomplete misses. Home runs in the last 15 years, 11, 24%. Mixed results, 6, 13%. Go either way, whether you, whatever you think of them. Incomplete. Eight. 18%. Misses. 20. 44% of the quarterbacks taken in the first round are bust. But you want to land on a player at 10 who's the lesser player and hope he turns into someone. You have to play the averages here. By the way, listen to those. Almost half of the players you draft at the quarterback position won't make it. Why? You overdraft. And people want to overdraft the 10th pick. That's why you trade out of it. If particular players aren't there, If your desired player isn't there, you're going to take a 44% chance. That's just a quarterback. And then I showed you the numbers with the Eagles since 2000. 37 DBs they've drafted. A massive failure. You put all this into consideration, you think the Eagles are going to hit on the 10th pick? Really? Really? What gives you that hope? Oh, hope. Okay. Hope. Now let's do something creative here. Okay. Let's do something creative. Something that no one has talked about. Would you give the 10th and 30th pick for the best player in the draft, Will Anderson? Here, let me put it to you this way with Will. If he would have went in last year's draft, he'd have been the first player taken. He's the best player in the draft this year. Two years in a row. Will Anderson has been the best player in college football. And you got the 10th and 30th pick. I would give you the 10th and 30th pick for Will Anderson. He's an impact player. He's better than Micah. 
He's better than Chase Young. He's the greatest player Nick Saban's ever coached. Look it up. He's the best defensive player he's ever coached. And that speaks a lot. If that's me, and that guy falls into four, I'll give you the 10th pick and the 30th pick for that guy. And I'll be pretty good, and I'll be very comfortable in how he's got him on a rookie deal. There's no one else in that. There's three dudes. Will, Bijan, Carter. Who would you rather have? The rest of those guys? I don't think it's a great draft. Zero character issues? Guy played in the freaking Sugar Bowl. This guy played in the Sugar Bowl. You know why? He wanted to be like an eagle, a good teammate. That guy got, Will Anderson has eagle all over him. What a guy in your locker room. I thought about this. Would I give up the 10th and 30th pick for Will Anderson? You bet your ass I would. Go get him. You can't go wrong with this guy. I don't say this very often. He's a can't-miss guy. I'd give you 10. Again, I'm not trading up into the top three. That guy's at four or five. How do you... You're going to sit there and take Brian Branch. (laughs) Miles Murphy, the lesser guy. I don't get that philosophy, man. I'm looking for great ball players. The Eagles are close. By the way, Will Anderson becomes the Nick Bosey racer. You start telling me, about superstar players on your, you don't have a superstar player on your defense. You could put one on there now. You want to put a superstar football player on your defense? Go get Will Anderson. 10 and 30. You can have it. Fourth pick. I. You know what? I don't know if it would take two ones to get there. I don't know if it would take two. Might be a one and a two and a three. Might not be 10 and 30. But if you have the chance and he's there at four or five, again, top three, we're talking a a lot of assets. And they don't have a lot of assets. Well, if you don't have a lot of assets, why not go for the sure thing? You see, the Eagles are in a funny position here. They don't have enough draft equity, okay? They don't. They have six picks. So trading down, getting nice players, filling in the gap, okay. And to go to Tone's philosophy, is edge rusher a premium position? Is it a premium position that you pay, edge rusher? We're not talking about a safety, a DT, a running back. We're talking about a premium position, are we not? Well, if it's a premium position, trade up and get them. Like I said, it might not take the 10 and 30th pick. It might take the 10th pick, two and the three. 
Because you know why? What if one of those quarterbacks falls? And a team needs a quarterback, like Indianapolis. Like the Raiders move up in front of them. You move up in front of the Raiders, Raiders need a quarterback. (laughs) Again, get the best player in the draft. Look at the amount of picks you have next year. Worry about your corners and safeties in next year's draft. There's a reason you paid $30 million for two corners. That's for this year. Dude, the NFL is about today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. No one cares about yesterday or tomorrow. They care about today. What are you going to look like in 2023? I say, whatever the draft equity it takes to get Will Anderson, go get the kid. Go get the kid. Where would Will play in the front, in front of Reddick? No, he'd play on the other side. You'd have Reddick and him and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. So your your outside LBs would be Reddick and Anderson. Your ends would be Sweat and Graham, and your tackles, Davis and Cox. It's the best front four, front seven in the NFL. Something that the Eagles invest in. Front seven, O-line, and something they're good at. Reddick, Graham, Cox, Davis, Sweat, Will Anderson. You think your chances of winning the NFC go up or down if you make that move? What do you think? Your corners are intact. Your front seven is the best in football with that move. It's the best Front seven, there's not a better front. Even San Francisco would look at that and go, holy shit. You'd be better than San Francisco's front seven. One move. One move, you'd be the best front seven in the game. Why not move up and get them? Can you name me a better front seven? If you if you have Reddick, Anderson, like I said, Sweat, Graham, Fletcher, and Jordan Davis. Is there a better front seven in the NFL? <laughs> Dude, your D coordinator would be sitting there going, holy shit. Dude, I don't know. what, what With today's offensive lineman, that front seven would be an upgrade to last year's front seven who had 70 sacks. And you're going to need it to get after Josh Allen and Mahomes this year. 
you're not playing Andy Dalton and Davis Mills. You're playing some pretty good dudes this year. Think about that. Trade up. Trade up. If Will Anderson is not taken in the top three, four, and five, I'm going after the kid. How much the how much will it cost? I'm not, you know, after after thinking about 10 and 30 to get him. Two ones for a guy like that. Hey, wait a minute now. Brian Burns, Carolina put him on the block. The Rams were going to give him two ones for him. Carolina said no. Carolina said no to two first-round picks that the Rams were going to give him for Brian Burns, their edge rusher. Why? It's what Tone says. It's a premium position. I'm not doing this for a safety or linebacker. I'm not doing any of that. How we already showed you he's not paying $25 million for a DT or a safety $10 million. He's not doing it. Arthur goes, Dan wants to draft everyone. No, I want to draft somebody who will help your team. Not just Miles Murphy. <laughs> Miles Murphy. He's a dude. Like your guy Jordan Davis was a dude last year. You want that kind of impact? A dude. Or do you want the dude? I don't want to draft a guy that's a dude. I want a guy to come in and play. That kid from Utah last year went down there, Jacksonville. As the year got on, man, he got better and better. That corner that I wanted you to draft from Washington started in the Super Bowl. Shut your offense down in the second half. Again, if you move back, probably makes the most sense at 10. Okay? Probably makes the most sense. A taken Miles Murphy at 10. Jalen Carter, Bijan's there. They're not taking either guy, probably. They'll probably take Carter, but they wouldn't take. It, it, it just kills me when I hear people go, you would rather have Miles Murphy, the lesser player, than Robinson who's the better player and better evaluated player. And you're not overdrafting. How do I mean, if you could date Halle Berry and she wants to date you, would you date her cousin instead? <laughs> I mean, no, I don't want to date Halle Berry. I'll date her cousin. She's not as good looking. Yeah, I know. It's all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't get that philosophy and thinking. Well, the Eagles, this is what they do. Well, this is what they do. I told you what they did. They're not very good at many positions over the last 23 years. O-line are great. Rest of them, not so great. Like I told you, doesn't, doesn't their behavior and how they draft show you that when more players fall in line on where they're evaluated, they do better in the draft. They're not very good first-round draft. They're not very good first-round draft pickers. They're not. They're re- it's not an opinion. Their record speaks to it. So you got a chance to go maybe get the best player in the draft in the last two years, but you'd rather sit at 10 for Miles Murphy. <laughs> 
I thought Howie was going to be creative. Howie moved. Dude, Howie would knock the top off the draft if he did something like that. That's a Howie move. Dude, getting AJ last year was incredibly insane and was incredibly awesome. See, look at Yacht. He wants to take the third best defensive tackle in the draft when you could go maybe get the best player in the draft over the last two years. I don't get it. If you're so close to the Super Bowl and you're so close to winning this thing, the NFC again, why do I want a guy from Pitt when I could get the dude on a rookie contract? Any name you name to me. There's three dudes in this draft. I think there's three dudes in this draft. Bijan, Carter, Anderson. You know, the kid Tyree Wilson's not bad. He's pretty good. I posted a game film of Jordan or Jalen Carter. I'm even more convinced he looks like Jerome Brown. He gets off block. He's 10 times the player Jordan Davis is. His hands are better. His feet are better. He slides down the line of scrimmage. He is an effing beast. He is as good a defensive tackle since Adamic and Sue came out of college. I mean, he controls the interior of that line. You don't have a defensive tackle in your team right now that's got the talent that kid has. He's a great football player. Great. Not good. Great. That's what I want to draft. You know, when Buddy was looking at Jerome, you know what Buddy said about Jerome? I was in the room with Jerome. You know what he said about him? Ain't a player in this draft that I would take over you. You know why? You control the game. It turned out to be true. That's his kind of kid. Okay? Is, is he a little bit of... You know what? Sometimes edgy players are sometimes, I don't want to say hard to coach. That's why when I hear somebody like Gardner Johnson or even Darius Slay or some of these other guys that got big mouths, it's all right. I actually like that. It's okay. Most of the time when you're great, there's an eccentric part of you that you have to be a good coach and coach it. My favorite type of coaches, you know why Dean Smith never won more national championships? I think he won two. How could you have all that talent in Carolina and not win more than two? Do you know why he only won two national titles? This guy had Michael frickin' Jordan, James Worthy. Go down the list of all the greatest players in the history of the NBA. Why, why do you – I had him on my show in Tampa years and years ago. And he said something to me that kind of stuck in my, in my crawl a little bit because I realized what a better coach Jimmy Johnson was. Why do you think Dean Smith didn't win more national titles? It was consistently outcoached in the title game. I mean, why do why do you think like Marquette beat him with nobodies? Why do you think he only won? I think two. His entire time at Carolina, you know what he told me? He told me he goes, you know, I always really liked to recruit guys that had my kind of personality, so they were easier to coach for me. And I went like this, what a shitty place to play. So if I didn't have your mentality, 
or your ideology or your way of thinking, you couldn't coach me, I'm out. No, thank you. I like coaches that could coach Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin. I like that range. Okay? I like that range. That shows me a coach has patience. That shows me a coach can coach anybody. You should be able to coach T.O. You should be able to coach Donovan. To me, sometimes that's a failure on Andy. You couldn't get those two players to play? Funny. Mike Tomley got in Tony O'Brown and Roethlisberger to play. Brady and Moss. Brady and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, coaches, you got to coach different styles and different personalities to get the maximum out of them. It's about getting personal and having personal relationships with everybody in your locker room. That's how you motivate people. So if a kid like Jalen Carter's got a little bit of an issue, coach him, teach him, help him. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Coming to the NFL, I get it. Everyone should be ready-made. Well, it's not the case. It's not the case. Some people have to be hit with a hammer, and some people have to be hit with a feather. That's up to the coach and the general manager to get through to the player. Okay? Drafting robots is not going to win you titles. I tell you this all the time. Hey, man, you don't win championships with choir boys. Sometimes you got to be out there a little bit. You think that Ravens team had a bunch of good dudes on it? No, I'll take that back. You think those guys weren't edgy? Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Suggs, Goose, all them guys. Right? Get in your face, get in your ass. It's the kind of teams I like. That's the kind of teams you build dynasties around. For me, again, the three best players. Three best players in this draft are Bijan, Jalen Carter, and Will Anderson. The rest of those dudes are dudes. I don't really believe that this is a great draft. There's How about this? When you put the film on on people, Jalen Carter makes you go, wow. At times, Tyree Wilson made me go, wow. I thought if there, are there any wow guys in this draft? Carter, Anderson, and Robinson are wow guys. What's this? You think Will Levis is a wow guy? Or Anthony Richardson? Yeah, sure, his backflip is cute. Bryce Young gives you a little wow. But then what happens with the wow? You're like, wow, he's really small. Dude, the only the only reason I don't put him in that category with those other three dudes is because of his size. I have a problem with that. Especially, hey, let me ask you this. If 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 
if Bryce Young played in the Eagles system last year, let me ask you this. If Bryce Young played in the Eagles system last year, how many games do you think he'd last? How many games do you think Bryce Young would last? If he played the same position Jalen played and had to do the same things Jalen, I asked myself this question last night. How many games do you think Bryce Young could get through playing the style of game that Jalen plays? Quarterback sneaks, the push play, the amount of running. You think Bryce Young could go 18 carries and then throw the ball 30 times and play 17? Shit, Jalen couldn't. Jalen missed a couple games. You think Bryce Young gets through half the season in the Jalen Hurts offense? Bryce Young couldn't run the Jalen Hurts offense. He could run it for two games. And after that, that guy would never be healthy, and he would be too a tug of Viola. Am I wrong? Think of that. So say Jalen didn't really pan out, and we're still talking about the quarterback. Bryce Young couldn't play that quarterback system they have in Philly. C.J. Stroud probably, but could he be as effective? Doubtful. Think about that. The quarterback you have in Philly is better than anything that's in this draft. And those guys are going to go into top four picks, top five picks. There's not a guy on that team that could play in Philly that's a quarterback prospect. But you want to overdraft Miles Murphy. A 10. All those teams are going to overdraft the quarterback three weeks. Draft Bijan and give 280 carries for four years. Hey, man. Absolutely. Five years, he blows the knee out. You guys win a Super Bowl? I don't care. I'll run that horse, and we'll go around all the stakes races, and we'll see how long it lasts. Hey, man. Todd Gurley didn't last. Zeke didn't last. What makes me think Bijan will be past five years? Not everybody's Adrian Peterson or Derrick Henry. Special dudes. Miles Murphy at 10. Makes, hey, it's not even a safe pick for the Eagles. They're not great at ends and drafting pass rushing ends. Okay, but you're going to take a gamble on a position You've been marginal at for the last 30 years almost. How's that? How do you even think that way? Oh, but this year you're going to get it right. I got it. I got I got your MO. I know who you are now. I got who you are now. You're not good at getting DBs. That's for damn sure. Your defensive ends are okay. Wide receivers, you're terrible. I mean, but you think at 10 you're going to land on a defensive pass rushing edge rusher that won't impact your team at all this year. By the way, some go like this. Well, Sills, look what the Cowboys got in Michael Parsons. I don't know. I think Michael Parsons is a really fine ball player. He ain't better than Chase Young. I, I do not believe Michael Parsons is better than Chase Young. I do not believe that. I do not. He's not in the room with Nick Boza. Shit, the kid from the Raiders is better. The guy from New England had a better year, I thought. 
maybe five or six dudes that would take over him defensively. The guy in Cleveland's better. Miles Garrett's better. I don't think that's an even conversation. Is it a conversation? Marshall goes, Sills, what's up? Who the hell said Miles Murphy at 10? No, that's what it went. No, Marshall, that's what a lot of people got. By the way, is he around the 10th pick? Probably, but impact player on a team that's maybe here. Let me ask you this question. How many players away do you think the Eagles are from winning the Super Bowl? Let's do this. How many players away do you think the Eagles are? How many players? How many players away do you think you are from winning this thing? Shit, man. You were a bad fumble and some bad schematics in the fourth quarter away from winning it. Big 90 goes zero. So why would you take Miles Murphy at 10 if you think you're right there? GT goes three. Two to three players, stud players. Why not get Carter or Anderson? Those are the only two super studs in this draft. If you think you're two players away, why not get one of the super studs in the draft? An impact defender away. Miles Murphy is not an impact player that's going to... You thought Jordan Day... Hey, by the way, did you you guys thought more of Jordan Davis a year ago, didn't you? Than you did Miles Murphy from Clemson. Didn't you? Look at the impact Jordan Davis had. The guy you take at 10 is going to have the same impact Jordan Davis did. Put that in your in, in the back of your mind that I said that today on April 6th. Just remember that. The guy you draft, if you don't move anywhere and you stay at 10, the guy you draft will have the same impact. And if you draft an old lineman, which is not bad, probably right, probably safest for them, okay, that guy's not going to be ready. And he, he he's not going to be ready to be served until maybe two years after that. Relative says, if Murphy's the best option at 10, they will trade back. Probably what they're going to do. I, that's why I say this. Dude, three players. L- 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 hey, what you got to do is you got to turn on the radio or you got to, like, read some websites and listen to who the people want to take at 10 and 30 and laugh because they won't have any impact on your football team at all this year. Zero. Because it's not a great draft. Watch a guy play at Boston College or Clemson or Oregon State. (laughs) Okay. Especially on a football team that's this close from winning the Super Bowl. And know this. You got to get Mahomes on the ground. You couldn't do it in the Super Bowl. Let's take the best O lineman at 10, then get a decent running back later. There's not very, dude, there's two running backs in this draft that are worth the shit. 
There's two running backs. JH, there's two running backs. The group you have now is better than – if you don't take Bijan or the kid from Bama, I guess, okay, I keep the guys you got now. They're better. They're better. Wide receivers? Hey, you probably need a three. Get that in a lot of rounds. If I were you, I'd get a I'd get a wide receiver that can block in the run game and blow dudes up in the secondary. Don't give me one of those Quez Watkins guys who's a marshmallow. Don't give me marshmallow Watkins. Give me a guy that's going to knock somebody out in the secondary. Coming across the middle when Jalen needs some help and he's out in the perimeter. Or your running game. Or AJ's out there. I want you know what you know what separates AJ too. What makes him really a stud? He played with Derrick Henry blowing dudes up in the secondary. That guy's not afraid to put his hat on someone. Okay, you don't have. Hey, you already got a pass catching route running demon in Devontae. You don't need another one of them. You are a power football team. Don't become a finesse team. Stick to who you are. That's their identity. Power rushing, power defense. The Eagles have dominated the NFC East with that mentality. Cowboys, if you notice, they're trying to get to that physicality, aren't they? Talking of Derrick Henry and all this other shit. Okay? Dude. There's three dudes in this draft that will help the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter, and Will Anderson. How much is Howie willing to go get one of those three guys? Everyone knows it. Those three guys are the best position players outside of the quarterback. Or they're better than the quarterback position. But the quarterback is a position of need. And in today's NFL, you've got to put points on the board if you're going to win. The NFL wants you in space. Can you put points on the board? That's all they care about today. Can a quarterback put points on the board? You've got to come away and have a guy who can put points on the board. Hertz can put points on the board. Okay. Hertz can put points on the board. That's why he's going to get 50 million bucks. That's why they're going to invest in him. That's why the majority of the money is on the offense. Let me tell you something else about Jalen here that he's a benefit benefactor to. You are so lucky if you're Jalen Hurts. You have something nobody in the NFL has. And it's remarkable to look at. If you look at it and you start dissecting it, he's got the greatest center in the last 10 years, 15 years in the sport. He's afforded two bookend tackles. One's all pro talent. The other's a Hall of Famer. Nowhere in the league do you have that. A Hall of Fame, all-pro center. Do you know the development that that helps with Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts would not be developing the way he is at this pace if he didn't have those three guys around him. And then 
how he had the insight to go get AJ. Not only did that help Jalen, it helped Devontae. And you've got a tight end that's emerging. Don't F this up. By getting Miles Murphy a 10. You have to get Allen and Mahomes and Burrow on the ground. Those are the guys that are in your way. Okay? Those are the guys that are in your way. And the only way you get to those guys, Jalen can't beat Josh Allen. Josh Allen can't beat Jalen. They don't play against one another. You got to get Dak on the ground first because he's in your division. You know, since 2000, what's the number? Since 2016, what is it? Eagles are five and nine against the Cowboys. You got to beat Dallas. You got to get Dak on the ground. Will Anderson. One outside LB. I might put him on the weak side. I might put him on. No, I'd probably put him on the strong side. Because you know why? Do you understand? Will Anderson will be better than Chase Young and also Michael Parsons in your division. With one move. You're two outside pass rushers. And edge rushers. Against shitty linemen today. Will be Hassan Reddick and Will Anderson? That's a nightmare. That's Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor. You think they won because they ran the ball with O.J. Anderson and and, um, Dave Meggett back in the day? They won because they harassed quarterbacks and destroyed quarterbacks. It's a different NFL. I get it. But you got to get to the QB and you got to cover the QB today. Okay. Arthur goes, chill on the Parsons hate. It's not hate, it's reality. He's not as good as he thinks he is. Every time I tune out a game watching Micah Parsons, it's almost like watching Casper the Ghost. Sometimes I see him, sometimes I don't. He's not that good. And sometimes he goes against some of the shit. When he goes against good people, Lane crushed him. I never saw Lawrence Taylor crushed. In losing games, he had three sacks. (laughs) Almost destroyed everyone. That's game-changing. Hey, when you beat the Eagles with with, uh, Reggie on it, ask that offensive lineman if he thought they won the game. He didn't give a shit. He just wanted to try to keep Reggie off the quarterback as many times as he could. Most overrated player in National Football League is Micah Parsons. Most overrated player. Well, then again, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, most overrated running back in the NFL. Amari Cooper, most overrated wide receiver when he was there. The only guy that was worth the shit that lived up to the billing was Zach Martin. The rest of them, overrated, overhyped, and overpaid. Okay? 
okay, you're right. That guy is great. <laughs> okay. I got to take a time out here. I am going to ask you a question about a player potentially joining the Eagles. Will Anderson's is a, di- he's a different breed. He has, you, there's not a player that Nick Saban in all of his national championships, Khalid, that he coached that's better than this guy. There's nobody better. But you want to take Miles Murphy at 10. Okay. Hey, I'm going to need your help on this one. Don't forget. Hey, by the way, next two days, we're going to have at 530, my friend, Philly 500. And tomorrow, Mike Lombardi is going to join us along with Phil Sims. Those guys are all scheduled and ready to rock and roll. So the next two days, we're just going to be packed from first hour to third hour. We got a ton of stuff to hit on still. Hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Metson Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Bills National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you very much. Before we move on here, you think there's a market for Carson Wentz? You think there's a market for him? There's always a market for shitty quarterbacks. Okay? Always a market. See him in Atlanta? Sure. Carolina? Maybe. Um, are you under the impression that Marcus Mariota is better than Carson Wentz? That's not true. Could he back up Mahomes in Kansas City? Could he back up Josh Allen in Buffalo? Got to have a number two guy. You got to have a number two guy. Okay? Listen to people. Marcus Mariota has never had remotely half of a season on what Wentz has done. Not even remotely close. Carson's had successful seasons. Don't forget, like your guy, he finished second in the MVP. That guy had an MVP season. Marcus Mariota has been a colossal failure. Everywhere he's gone. And what sucks about the comment I made, he's really a great dude. You want him to succeed. I root for him. I like him. I do. I like Marcus. Man, I've heard nothing but the greatest things about Marcus Mariota. But he's just not a, he's not a good player. Well, he's a good player. I wouldn't say, you know, just, just he's okay. Um, You got to have a good number two. Okay? You got to have a good number two. You know what? And, and again, I, 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 I'm all right with it. But let me ask you here. Carson's going to land somewhere. If I were him, I would go to the most skilled positions um, and the best coaching. He needs coaching. So I would go to Andy. Here's the places. And get this. There's no jobs there except the backup. I'd go to Andy Reid. Um. I might go to Los Angeles with Sean McVay. Shit, I might go to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Dude, if Kyle Shanahan thinks Sam Darnold's good, <laughs> Carson must be doing this. Hey, I'll take my shot over there too. Yeah. Okay. He, he, he needs coaching. You go to those places. You go to places that are looking for starting quarterbacks, it'll be the same train and it'll be the same conveyor belt for him. Okay? Be the same conveyor belt. By the way, last time he was with Frank Wright, he threw for 3,800 yards, 68 completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, seven INTs. I mean, they won nine ball games. I don't know. That's not a horrible year. It's better than anything that Marcus Mariota's ever put up. And he was in the AFC. I don't know. I get, I get what's happened here. I totally do. You know what's happened to Carson Wentz? 
The same thing that happens to a lot of players in the NFL. You'll keep Carson Wentz on your team, but you know what? I'm not keeping Carson Wentz at $38 million. He's not worth it. Wentz's contract is killing him. His contract's killing him. Dude, you can't walk in there, put up decent numbers, and make $38 million. Even Cousins puts up better numbers. Can't do that. Cousins puts up 13 wins up there last year. 4,000 yards. Again, I get it. Spotlight, guy melts in the pan, all that. He still puts up He's actually put up numbers since D.C. I mean, dude, the all-time single-season touchdown and yardage guy for the Eagles is still Wentz. Always remember that. So if I'm him, I got to go to a place that's got some decent coaching. Sean McVay might be a place for him. Back up Stafford. He needs to learn some shit, how to prepare. I mean, the $38 million is killing him. When that contract runs out, it'll be the best thing in his, in my opinion, in his life. Because then he's just going to be Chase Daniels after that, and he's got to build himself up. And if he can't, He's out. Okay, so no shit off your back. Now that he's been cut, I think there's got to be teams you have to have some interest in them. There's a ton of shitty coach or um shitty coaches. There's a ton of shitty backup quarterbacks. Do you understand that the Eagles have like they got a backup quarterback now who was a first round selection, who now also is on a fourth team. Your guy's worse of a career than Wentz. So don't make it sound like you signing some sort of like diamond in the rough. You're not. You're not. He's had a worse career. Carson, compared to him, is Joe Namath. The contract kills that guy. I I do believe... So let me say this to you, and let me ask you if you would be willing to do this. How many people would entertain the comment that Cam Newton said today? He picked about five players that he would be willing to back up and be the backup quarterback for. You know who one of those players is? Jalen Hurts. I'm not asking Cam to come in and start. I'm asking Cam to come in and be his backup. He's better than Mariota. Could he help? Former MVP? Could he help Jalen? Cam's not like like Gardner Minshew. He's not getting the job. And once you make $50 that's evident. You're not getting the job. So, I mean, it's not a quarterback competition. The quarterback competition's over. They're looking for a capable, capable guy to come in and help. So you're under the impression that Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota are better than K 
Cam Newton? You're trying to tell me you think you got a better backup quarterback than Cam now. I completely 100% disagree with that. Can Cam start 17 games in the NFL today? No. I do not believe that. I do not. But can Cam give you four quarters or eight quarters? I do believe that. Cam wants to start. Well, every player should want to start. So, Jesus, you give me a player that doesn't want to start, I don't want him on my roster. Every guy you have on your roster should want to start. But reality kicks in. Jeffy goes, Cam would dilute the culture. So you think a guy like Cam Newton as a backup quarterback could destroy the culture that the Eagles have put in for 23 years. What do you think? This is preschool? Are you crazy? There's not a guy in the... Terrell Owens couldn't dilute that culture because they cut him. They're not... You couldn't, I'll tell you this. Remember that guy, Percy Harvin? Shit, when he started acting like a tool and a fool up in Seattle, what did Carol do? You're out. Not having any of that. When you got a strong organization, stop talking to these players like they're preschool kids and they don't know how to handle their own house. You make the players sound dumb and you look down on them when you talk like they're infants. I hate when people and fans do that shit. One guy can come in and ruin a culture. Then there's something wrong with your culture. If a man can change your way of doing things, there's something wrong with you. That's why sometimes you get into a relationship with a woman and you try to change to make her happy. Only thing in the end is you make yourself miserable. Not me. Not me. Okay, so Cam, I thought, quite frankly, I got to tell you how I read this. I loved it. Because you know what this means to me? Cam Newton would be willing to be a backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts. Shows you the kind of respect that Hurts is now earning and what Hurts is now building around the league and how people look at him. Let me tell you something. A year ago, there's not a chance in hell Cam Newton would put Jalen Hurts' name on a list. This guy has one of the fastest rises I've ever seen in my life from being a guy who was drafted to the Eagles to be a safety belt and a backup quarterback to being a guy who's on the cusp of getting a $50 million deal and being the best quarterback in the NFC. It's absolutely freaking remarkable. His climb to the top of the NFC, I'm trying to think of a – you know, Dak's rise was pretty big and pretty fast because he had to overcome another thing. He had to overcome Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones is love child's Tony Romo. We all know this. Jerry Jones looks at Tony Romo like he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the Cowboys. And when Tony Romo talks on TV, you would swear he's got Aikman's resume. And you go like this. How many playoff wins that guy got again? I think Jalen Hurts has more playoff wins than what um, than Tony Romo has in 17 years. 
Every time I listen to Romo talk, I go, what did you do again? I must have missed that. Every time he talks about playoff football, I'm going, what, 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 again, what, what, what did you do in the playoffs? This guy talks like he's Troy Aikman. And Dak had to overcome that. Dude, I'll tell you this. I think Dak's better than Romo. I think Dak's a better player than Romo. I, if I had to choose between those two dudes to be the quarterback of my team, I'm going to take Dak. I got a better chance of winning with Dak, who had a ton of interceptions last year, than Romo. I don't know. Romo's like a cheap man's version of Brett Favre. I mean, but but Jerry loved him. You know why? Because they found this undrafted guy. They matured him. They developed him. What have you? And 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 they went they went down that avenue and. You know, they got this. Hey, by the way, he completely overachieved. I'm not going to say that. He completely overachieved. <laughs> the breed goes to both ass. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one more thing about this thing with Dak before we move on. Homie's got to win this year. Dude, you got to win. I ain't paying you $50 million to shit the bed again. That's done. I am over. I am over that. Okay? You've got to start making financial decisions with the Cowboys. You know the biggest problem with the Cowboys? Dude, you got to act more like the Bengals a little bit. Put that zipper on that checkbook. You overpay for everyone in that building. You overhype them. Dude, Micah Parsons, wait till his contract comes up. They'll overpay that guy. And he'll be the next Jalen Smith. All right. Let me go over here with this now. Hey, real quick. So Gardner Johnson. Remember we had this conversation the other week about Gardner Johnson barking back at the Bengals. Or excuse me, at the Eagles. Remember? Guys talking shit, going back and forth. We had a dialogue, this and that, all that. Remember that, right? Okay. Guys throwing shade. Hey, the Lions have it. We heard AJ talking shit on the Titans in the past, right? So Tyree Kill says that the Chiefs are going to see their worst enemy this coming year when they see me. If I'm Kansas City, I'm not saying nothing. You know what I would say if I'm Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? He's a great player, man. He's probably going to be hell on wheels to uh, defend when he comes to Arrowhead. We really look forward to seeing our friend. Kill him with kindness because you know why? Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have the ultimate, ultimate F you. I won with Juju Smith-Schuster, not you. You don't have a Super Bowl ring with – you didn't win that Super Bowl here. You got a ring from the past. You got the other one. But we didn't need you. Nobody wants to be. Hey, I believe Tyree Kill. Hey, watch it. You love you, Cheetah. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, yo. Watch this. I believe the Cheetah is doing this. Hey, man, I'm really happy for my friends. 
But then in the back of his mind, don't you think he's doing this? Shit. They won without me. Nobody wants to see that. Hey, man, you want to see success for your friends. But there's always a competitive part of you that does this shit. Damn. They won that thing without me, man. Hey, Yale, take the high road. Yeah, hey, watch this. There's my Super Bowl ring. <laughs> That's the high road. <laughs> hey, watch this. Look, pretend this is the Super Bowl. And here's here's Patrick Mahomes. You know, you, you know, you, you know what, Cheetah? You're right. Everything's great. Hey, man. Well, well, everything, I hope everything works out for you. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, I hope it's good. <laughs> Dude, the ultimate FU is that you have the Super Bowl ring and you didn't need that guy. You didn't need him. He's down to my – you know what's crazy? He got the bag of money. Like the same thing that C.J. Gardner – he got the bag of money. You won. What are you doing? Ego. Ego. Okay? Ego. Yacht goes, you'd say the same thing. You're probably right, Yacht. You're probably right. Wait, Yacht. Hey, hey, hang on, hang on. Yacht, I'm not saying I'm any better or any worse than them dudes. I'm probably just like them guys. You guys know that I got to run in battle with a certain dude that's in Philly. And you know what? My bosses all the time go, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I'm doing my best. I seriously, everybody's got that in them, though. AJ two man with the Titans. So this is not an uncommon thing with athletes or competitive people. Cheetah's like the Chiefs. I'm going to be the Chiefs' biggest nightmare. No, you're not. <laughs> The Chiefs' biggest nightmare is what steakhouse to go to at night so that they can go there and get a free meal and show their Super Bowl rings. <laughs> okay? that That's their big... Patrick Mahomes' biggest concern is his brother's big fat mouth, not the cheetah's mouth. Am I right when I say that? Mahomes is more worried about his stupid brother than he is the cheetah. Yeah, man, the cheat. I really love him. He's a great player. One of the greatest deep threats of all time. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Dude, totally, man. Patrick Mahomes is like, yeah, I'm not, no, that's my brother. <laughs> Sometimes my wife. Uh, crazy shit, man. All right. I want to throw a list at you here. You know I'm the big guy on list. How many people believe that Jalen Hurts is going to go back to the Super Bowl and win it? How many people believe Jalen is going to go back to the Super Bowl and win it? Chubb says definitely. Uh, yep. Yes, I do. Yale. Wow, even Yale. Cody, yes. 
Arthur, what is that, Arthur? Arthur throws, what are you talking about? Since when do you hit the brakes? Super Bowl champ, Steve says, in 2024. GT, big old Y, I believe. Me, Tone, figures. Okay. There's been, how many Super Bowls will this be coming up? Where's the Super Bowl this year? Where's the Super Bowl? Is it in Vegas? Is the Super Bowl in Vegas this year? I think the Super Bowl's in Vegas. Be 55. 55 legendary Super Bowl years. How many quarterbacks do you think have lost their first Super Bowl and went back and won one in their second attempt? Well, one of them didn't win it in the second attempt going back, but they lost their first one and would eventually go back and win one. How many players have done that? Pretty smart dudes. Uh, Brady didn't lose his first Super Bowl, my friend. Tom didn't lose his first one. Hurts is a trend changer. Maybe. There's been four. Len Dawson, Bob Greasy. Can you believe Purdue, guys? Roger Staubach and John Elway. Four dudes have lost their first Super Bowl and would eventually go back and win one. Jalen's going to be the fifth in 58 years. <laughs> Four Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So Jalen's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Hmm. The point is, these guys don't go back usually and win it. There's only been four in 58 years. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Why not, Neil says. Okay. Four dudes in the history of the Super Bowl era have lost the Super Bowl and eventually were able to go back and win one. Look at what Yale says. If he keeps playing great, I don't think that's the case, Yale. Did you think Marino played great after his first Super Bowl appearance? Yeah, didn't didn't Marino play 15 legendary years after he lost that Super Bowl to Montana? He played great every year. Put up iconic numbers. Marino was the changing of the guard when it came to throwing the football. 
He played great. Okay? Yeah, don't you agree that when Dan Marino came into the sport, he made the game look different. He was a game-changing player. He was a generational player. Nobody threw the ball like that. Duper and Clayton, 55 points, 500 yards in the air, 39 completions. Nobody saw that shit. Marino's a good passer. <laughs> I wouldn't say a good passer. Okay? that when you, when you use the word good passer, Jalen's a good passer. Marino's in a... Oh, he's a he's a generational passer. No Super Bowl, I know. Lost the Super Bowl. First guy to throw for five thousand yards. Forty-eight touchdowns was the standard for generations. Iconic seasons. Never got back. Why is that? Couldn't put a team around him. Don Shula failed him. Don Shula wins a Super Bowl with Bob Greasy. Got to a Super Bowl with a guy by the name of David Woodley. You had all that talent. You couldn't build a team around him. Howie's got a lot of pressure to win a Super Bowl. Howie's got the pressure. It's not Hurts. How he's got to continue to build that team around this investment. The Dolphins were never able to. The Bills were never able to win a Super Bowl. For Kelly. These are iconic players. And if it wasn't for Denver's change in mentality, do you know how Denver won Super Bowls for John Elway? They took the ball out of his hands. They took the ball out of John Elway's hands and put it in the hands of Terrell Davis. Imagine that. One of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport, John Elway. John. They basically did to John Elway what Phil Jackson did to Michael Jordan in Chicago. Hey, you want to win scoring titles? That's one thing. That's fine. We'll never win an NBA title if we don't build a team and you're not more of a team player. And if you're not a team player, we can't win. Jordan stopped winning scoring titles. That's when that six-year run or that six-title run started is when Jordan stopped doing that. And Krause was able to bring the talent in and build the team around him. Howie's got the pressure to win the Super Bowl. I don't think Jalen Hurts does. Am I right when I say that? Am I right when I say that? This is how he's, how he's got to build a team. It's not going to be, whether or not Jalen plays great or not, it's not a factor. Well, you, you want him to continue to play great. Dan Marino played great. It led to nothing. It led to empty calorie stats. It led to a Hall of Fame ring. Sure. But when it came to the team sport, the number one thing why you do it and you're in it is to win a title. 
Don Shula couldn't do it along with Joe Robbie. Yale goes, the quarterback has to be great. Who does he? Kelly and Marino were great. Why didn't they win? Better teams? Four times in a row? Marino never went back? Kind of shocking. Jalen's nowhere near Elway Marino. Again, I think this sits on Howie's desk, not Jalen. I think, which is, I think Jalen's going to be a fine ball player. I think he's going to do, look at what's happening in Baltimore. They're not building a team around Lamar Jackson. They're not building a team around him. The running game's not where it once was. The defense stinks. It's not the same organization. DaCosta is by far no Ozzie Newsome. And look how the organization deteriorated around Lamar. It's a whole colossal failure there in Baltimore. Now, the one thing that the Eagles have going for them, that there's been stability in the building since 2000 on how to build an organization. A couple, a couple, a couple swings on the seesaw a little bit. Four win season a couple years ago. The whole Wentz and Doug Peterson thing was a fiasco. Okay. The Chip Kelly thing rocked the boat a little bit. But in the end, they still won ballgames. I'm telling you, this is an organizational thing that they have to do around Jalen. This is why I tell you, when you're making your right choices, when it comes to the draft or free agency or how you handle your salary cap, the Eagles are in a position right now where it's razor thin on making mistakes and succeeding. Jalen Hurts continues to play well is part of it. But I think there's more pressure on Howie Roseman to win the Super Bowl than Jalen. Jalen is a function of what Howie's doing. Got the quarterback right. Got to fix the defense. Got to keep things intact. Got to make sure our drafts are successful, which they haven't been. Oh, wait a minute. The top end of our drafts haven't been successful. That's better. Okay. Bohemian goes, Dan, do you read comments? Of course I do. Bohemian says that I got two rings for Jalen Hurts. Okay. Howie is a player. There will be a player movement. Bradbury stayed for less. Did he? No, you mean Slay did. Cox stayed for less. 10 million bucks? You think Fletcher Cox could have got $10 million in the open market? I do not. Slay stayed even though the Ravens... Slay took a pay cut, but he wasn't going to get more money in the open market. Kind of not true what you're saying there, Tone. Bradbury got a hell of a deal. Um, Jalen had the purpose along before Dan had <laughs> Eagles winning it all this year versus the Bills or Bengals. I think it I think they'll be in the conversation. 
Bradbury, so he says. Okay, okay. If he did, he did. Yale said, yeah, yeah. He said he was offered more. Maybe. Hey, why I have to believe that? Because of Javon Hardgrave's comments. When Javon Hardgrave says that I would not have left Philly if it wasn't for the amount of money Sam Fran paid, I have to believe Bradbury said when he said I was offered more money. I have to believe that because Hardgrave didn't want to leave and it took the $84 million from San Francisco to, that made him leave. So I'm going to have, I'm going to have to believe Bradbury. I, I, I would, I would believe James Bradbury said, if he's, if he said that I would. Okay. I, I would believe that. Montana playoff passer rating is 95, six. Wait a minute, relative. You're missing the most important. Joe Montana was 135 quarterback rating in the Super Bowl through 12 touchdowns with no picks. And he beat Marino and Elway in those Super Bowls. Wasn't like he would end. Everyone goes, well, he had Jerry Rice. No, he didn't. The first Super Bowl, he had Freddie Solomon and a guy by the name of Burt Cooper and Wendell Tyler. That's who we won and and won that first Super Bowl with. Burt Cooper, Freddie Solomon, and Wendell Tyler. Montana never threw a pick in the, in, in the Super Bowl and beat Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Okay? Hall of Fame quarterbacks, legendary guys. Not beat them, destroyed them. Legendary drives. Minute 19 left. You're on your own 10. You've got to go 90 yards to win the Super Bowl to give yourself your third Super Bowl. I mean, (laughs) there's John Candy. I got this, guys. Don't worry. The guy's unbelievable. I was privileged to play against him. He's, He's unbelievable. Dude. I, I I know you guys all will always say that Brady's the best. I'm sorry, but Montana's my guy. I've never seen anything like it. This guy was I've never seen it. Even though I played against Elway too and Marino, I I never seen anything like it. This guy was just insane. He'd come to that line of scrimmage, man, and he'd go black eighty, black eighty. Everyone on the field knew, man, it was the audible to Rice. You're like Jesus criminy. Jerry Rice was a 4-8 to combines. Every time I watch Rice running and looking up at the monitor, he's outrunning someone. <laughs> I mean, it was insanity, man. On the That guy was insane. Dude, he was insane. You imagine Joe in today's game with Rice. So you're trying to tell me you couldn't hit Jerry Rice and you couldn't hit Montana? That guy went 15 Super Bowls, man. You couldn't beat him. Wendell Tyler, or not Wendell Tyler, but was Roger Craig, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver. Okay? You, you, you couldn't. You, John Taylor was not a stiff on the other side. You couldn't beat that team. Not a chance. Walsh, the play caller? Dude, your offense and offenses in the NFL are all Bill Walsh related. He invented it. 
Hey, Cody, they didn't have to be – they didn't have to try to fool you. He, You're right, Cody. Joe could have just went, hey, 80, we're coming to you. Wouldn't have mattered. You're, hey, you're right. Hey, 80, it's coming to you. Nobody could have stopped it. Bob goes, gun to your head. Do you trade up for number three for Anderson? I think three is a little high. Four and five, yes. I want Will Anderson. Dude, there's, like I said, Bob, there's three dudes in this draft. Okay, there's three dudes in this draft. Okay, Carter, Bijan, and Anderson. Don't have everybody tell you, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith. Sure. Give you the same impact Jordan Davis did. If you're okay with that, draft him. Draft him. Ben goes, ask the Giants. Let me see. Five Super Bowls in the Montana era versus two. Unless, unless my math is wrong, five is greater than two. <laughs> unless my math is wrong. Um, yeah, five is greater than two. Just saying. You know the last two quarterbacks to get to AFC championships in Kansas City? You know who they are? Do, do, do you know who the last two quarterbacks to take their teams to AFC championships are in Kansas City? You guys will probably get it. You're right, four. Fifth one was Young's. Hey, do you do you uh, do you know who the last two quarterbacks were? Okay, Ben, you can Google. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Joe Montana and Patrick Mahomes are the last two quarterbacks in Kansas City to go to AFC title games. Joe won everywhere. Notre Dame. Hey. Hey, hey, guys, guys, I got to, hey, I got to tell you this, man. How many people like the movie, Rudy? How many people like that movie, Rudy? You like the movie, Rudy? Dude, don't ever ask Montana about the movie. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's a television show. It's a TV movie, you know, or it's a movie, you know, everything. We nobody threw their jerseys on the day. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, my God. You see, what happens is every hey, hey Tone, every high school guy hated when Montana did that. You know why? Because every high school guy, yeah, you know, I didn't make it to the pros because I hurt my wheel. I hurt my wheel against Cherry Hill High. And, you know, Penn Salkin, this guy clipped me. <laughs> and I was playing, you know. I, I would have went on to. I would have went on to Delaware State, you know, but instead I hurt my knee, you know, and I was like, you know, shit, I'd have been a star just like you. I'm sure. <laughs> I always, hey, man, you should have seen me in ice. I was like, I know, hey, I know, Mr. Bundy, I know you were probably exceptional in high school. Yeah, man, I, I was on my way to Delaware State University, and I, I, I was on a half scholarship. I, they were going to pay for my meal, but I had to pay for the books and I had to live in a trailer, but I was going to go. 
was like, okay. <laughs> Everyone that movie, man, they're like this. They're like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not real? <laughs> Joe's like, is he, and nobody threw their jerseys at. Could you see Bob Gullick throwing his jersey on Dan Devine's desk? Hey, Dan, let Rudy dress in front of me. <laughs> oh, man. He destroyed that thing. Bob says, Dan, you loved the Davis pick last year. I never, dude, I told you he should have been drafted in the 20s. Loved it? Once again, I never said he wasn't a first rounder. I told you he was Vince Wolfark. You're the guys making more out of him. I never said he's a bad pick. He just ain't the 13th pick. Okay? He's not the 13th pick. A dude will never be more than what he is, a run stopper. That's it. That's okay. Eagles, once again, overdrafting. They do a lot of that in the first round. There's mountains of evidence to that. Yacht says, you're saying the same about... No, Carter is one billion times better of a ball player. Here, well, let me be very clear then. Jalen Carter is a superior player to Jordan Davis. He's more athletic. He's actually more productive. His hands are better. He gets off the blocks better. He's quicker on the line of scrimmage. His production charts are off the charts. It's not the same player. He plays like Jerome Brown. Jordan plays like Vince Wolfark. Vince is a... Dude, you have to understand, I'm not ripping... That's not a rip on Jordan. I said he was going to be Vince Wolfark. Vince is a hurricane. I'm not I'm not talking Vince. It's what he is. He ain't the 13th pick. You're right, GT. He here. <laughs> GT's under GT's trying to convince you guys that Jordan Davis is a better football player than Jalen Carter. It's an absolute lie. Nobody believes that but GT or some Eagle fans. Nobody believes that. Nobody draft evaluating. Nobody on the the two best players in the draft this year and last year would be these two players, not Jordan Davis. But some people in Philly will have you believe that Jordan Davis is a better player than Jalen Carter. It's not true. It's totally not true. It's totally not true. Okay? Not true. Great ball players. Okay? One's better. One's better. And I and, and 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 I would say this again. Okay. I would say this again. I want to show you something here a little bit on what how he's done to get ready for the draft. GT, you get both those guys, you're in hey, hey. dude, look at that. Hassan Reddick. You still have a weak backer you got to deal with if you don't if you get Jalen 
and you go down this line. Watch this. So you're two. You would have Sweat, Graham, Fletcher, Jordan, and Carter, and Milton. Bro, you're better. You would be a better interior defensive line than anybody in the NFL for the next 10 years. Shit, you're good now. You're good now. You would be sensational. Now, if you get Anderson on the other end, you'd have Reddick and Anderson, Jordan Davis and Fletcher. You have to replace Fletcher soon. But your ends would be Graham and Josh Sweat. It's the best front seven in the NFL. You're a player away from making sure that San Francisco doesn't have a better front than you. You're not far behind him now. You're not far behind him. You get one of those two players, you're better than them. Like if you get Will Anderson, that's the Nick Boza, in my opinion. That's the Nick Boza equalizer. Because I think he would immediately have an impact in this in this league. You put him in space and let him hit quarterbacks? Shit. That could be scary. Okay. Tony goes, Reddick is an edge rusher. Thank you very much on telling me what an edge rusher is. I've, I appreciate that. Most, I, not going there. Um, that's right. Yeah, I never said Jordan Davis is a slug. That's totally not true. Not true. Again, overdrafted. Ask Barrett what he thinks of him. Next time you talk to him, ask him. Ask him if if uh, Jordan Davis is overdrafted and what kind of player he is. You don't believe me? I've been saying it for like a year now. Or actually since the draft. I said this. You're hoping... I'll tell you exactly what I said on draft day. Okay. So you were enamored by his 40-yard dash at the combines. I said this. You're hoping he's Fletcher Cox. And you're hoping that the floor is Vince Wolfark. You're hoping he's closer to Fletcher than Vince. Vince is a fine ball player. You're not going to get killed in the pick. You're not going to get killed in the pick. Tony, I don't give a shit what you believe. <laughs> Doesn't really bug me, dog. It's all good. Most people here, like yesterday, they hear what they want to hear. Cilio said he saw Patrick or he saw Jalen Hurts' contract. No, I didn't. Nowhere in three hours yesterday did I say that. You guys made that up. Or some of you did. <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> I said I saw the framework of Mahomes' deal. And that's the deal that they're constructing in Philly. Everyone goes, oh, Cilio's. Telling me that he saw the I never said that. I have no idea what the year is or, or the money. <laughs> uh, Yell goes, you need more production from the 13th pick. Well, that's correct. Um, 
I would say this to you. Let me let me let me let me, let me show you what Howie has done here, though. So Howie has now, between the lane deal, the saving of money from Slay, saving money on Hardgrave, not re-signing, and saving money on not re-signing CJ. And the deal that he signed with Bradbury, has now given him roughly around $20 million in cap space. $20 million in cap space. 15 of that will go to, roughly around 15 will go to six picks in the draft. Okay? That $20 million is for draft picks. Now, since you have $20 million, Would you take that 10th pick? And like I said two weeks ago, would you go to Tennessee and go, I'll give you the 10th pick, sign and trade Jeffrey Simmons to me. Look at how Howie has now got himself ready in line. There's probably more work to be done here because now he's got 20 million heading into the draft. He's got the 10th and 30th pick. The only thing that he doesn't have that's in his favor is the limited amount of picks, okay? Is the limited amount of picks, which is six. So here are the options I think he has. Take a player. I would hope he would take the best player, but he'll probably take a need. Listen, if I have to... The kid Wilson from Texas Tech is close. The rest of them. Watch this. The guy from Iowa didn't even start in Iowa. You're going to take him in the 10th pick? I saw some mock drafts. That kid, that kid Van Ness, he never started in Iowa. You're going to take him with the 10th overall pick. Not me, man. You couldn't start in Iowa, but you're going to start in Philadelphia? Do you find that weird? Would you draft a guy who never started in college? Would you draft a guy who didn't start in college and couldn't start in the Big Ten? Man, if you can't start in the Big Ten, how are you starting in Philly? He never started. You can't start in, what is that? Ames, Iowa, whatever the hell, or is that Iowa State? I don't know. One of them cornbread places. I don't I have no idea. I think I've been to Iowa once. Okay? Which, you, which seriously, never started. But, hey, here's the 10th pick for this guy. I'm like, no way, man. I need more of an insurance that I'm not. See, it's not about the player. It's about making sure you don't fail there. You're looking not to fail. You're looking for a starter. You're not looking for a pro. That's why I get this. Jordan Davis's pick, you better hope he starts. Or better yet, because how he's going to start him, you better hope he keeps his job. And Milton Williams don't beat him out. Because then it's a failure pick. If Milton Williams ends up becoming more productive than Jordan Davis... That's a failure pick. We'll know by the end of the year. 
Okay. We'll know by the end of the year. Uh, the, the biggest nightmare you have is that Bill Williams outplays him. Milton Williams is more productive. <laughs> if Milton Williams outplays him, man, that guy's going to have a lot of heat on him. How many teams do you think want to move up to top 10? Green, a lot. Especially with those quarterbacks all in the top 10. A lot. Okay? I think a lot of teams. Especially if, hey, especially if some... Because Carter's going to fall, he's going to make that 10th pick more rich. See, Chicago's a team you got to look out for getting him. But see, which Chicago has no leadership whatsoever. Like Dave wants that said, man, would you really, if you, if you, what makes more, look at this at seven. Tell me, I, I, I think I'm right. If you're the Bears and you got Justin Fields, do you take Jalen Carter or do you take Skarnowski, who you saw play in Chicago at Northwestern? What makes more sense? The first-round pick you put on Justin Fields to protect him or go on the other side of the ball and get a defensive tackle? What makes more sense organizational-wise? To get Carter? Or this is why when you have a defensive-minded head coach that this is fundamentally flawed. Dude, if I drafted a quarterback number one, that's why if the Eagles draft an old lineman at 10, they're great at it. They're great at it. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Okay? If Milton outplays himself, next big hope, throw Birds fans. Hey, I never said he was a bad player. I'm telling you he was overdrafted. Dude, he's got to keep his job. We know you don't know if he's going to keep it. He couldn't beat out two 36-year-old DTs. And I got to sit here and talk to you like this guy's Fletcher Cox in his prime? He's not. Hey, by the way, history buffs. When you saw Fletcher Cox play his first year, did you know? When you saw Fletcher Cox play his first year, did you know he was a good ball player? Did you know right away? <laughs> I watched Fletcher Cox play his first year. I knew that dude was a ball player. I was like, holy shit, that guy could play, man. Okay? Didn't you say that? Didn't you do this? By the way, like, you know, they did go to a Super Bowl. I mean, when you saw Fletcher Cox play his first year versus Jordan Davis play his first year, you think there's a big difference? <laughs> Someone goes, well, so how do you know? Well, I, I saw Fletcher his first year, man. That guy could play, man. You, you were like this. That guy is good. Dude, he jumped off the – did he not jump off the tape at you? His rookie year? You're like this. Shit, this guy is good, man. He's going to be around a long time, man. Shit, after a while, I thought he was the second-best interior lineman there to um, 
to Aaron Donald. And I, I thought him and Sue were right there together. I mean, you're like, shit. Look at me, Tone. I go by the, I go by the post again. Philly 500 is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I got to get my boy in here. I want to get his thoughts. And we got a couple questions here for him too as well. So we're going to get your thoughts as well. We'll reset. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you very much. We so appreciate it. Um, In Fletcher's rookie season, he played 15 games, nine starts. Didn't start um, all the games. Had five and a half sacks, 10 quarterback hits, t- eight TFLs, 
and only played 52% of the snaps. Dog, <laughs> you better hope he's Fletcher Cox. <laughs> Fletcher Cox, that's a machine in his rookie year. This guy played half the snaps. Fletcher played half the snaps, and you're trying to tell me Jordan Davis is going to be a superstar ball player. That's a super. See, don't let your eye. Look at me. Don't ever let your eyeball test fail you. Don't ever let your eyeball test fail you. You'll know that guy's good. That guy's a ball player. This guy, again, do people fall off? The, they do. Injuries do this and that. RG3, I was really impressed with him early on. Then he got injured, but he's dual threat. Dual threat gets hurt and the wheels, it's over. That's why Brady can hurt his knee. Doesn't matter. Get this. So think about what we're talking about, dual threat, between dual threat and Tom Brady. Tom Brady ran a 5'9 or something at the Combines, 5'8. You think him having a knee injury was going to be instrumental in his career? Jalen Hurts has a devastating knee injury. It's going to be substantial to his career because he relies on that. That's the uniqueness in the player. Shit, Brady could throw a touchdown pass from a wheelchair. <laughs> I mean, right? Fletcher Cox, man. So, dude, so wait a minute. Fletcher Cox had more sacks. No, wait. Let's see. Nine sacks in five years. Um, Jordan Davis has had. This guy has five and a half sacks in eight games. And 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 uh nine okay, 15 games he played. 15 games and nine starts, 10 quarterback hits, eight TFLs. That had to be one of the team leaders for tackles for loss. Come on, man. Come on. Dude, I'll tell you what. If Jordan Davis puts up what Fletcher Cox did his rookie year, he's on his way. Okay. He's on his way if he equals that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, sh we shall see. Okay. We, we, we shall see. We shall see. What did, again, when you're talking about building your football team, they can't miss in this draft. They can't miss. Hey, by the way, okay, I, I when, when you're going and getting ready for this draft here, Last year's draft had no impact on your roster. These two years have to play big. You have to have the Kobe Dean shine. You have to have Jordan shine. Yale goes like this. So the 13th pick in the NFL draft got a red shirt ear. You're lucky, man. Now, look, there was good players around him last year. 
Adding insult to injury for Davis, Cox was drafted 12th overall. That's what the 12th, 13th pick looks like, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is a borderline Hall of Famer. That, to me, is the 13th pick at interior tackle. Not that shit. Okay? And again, Vince is okay. But this goes to the fundamental thing that I've been trying to explain to you about the high-volume high picks that Philly doesn't – they don't excel at. Okay? Here, let's do this. Devontae Smith, is that a value pick? Shit, yeah. Got a 1,000 yards out of him? Okay? Now, wait a minute. Let me show this to you. If you think about it, Devontae Adams, that's a massive pick. What a volume pick that is. Second rounder. DK Metcalf, second rounder. Debo Samuel, second rounder. A.J. Brown, second rounder. Devontae, 90 catches, 1,000 yards, about 58 yards a game. Pretty good. Pretty good. Kind of probably right. Got Had 95 catches. That's good. That's good. Devontae Smith has over 2,000 yards through two seasons. Okay. Hey, Tone, can you do me a favor and tell me the number that Justin Jefferson was taken at since we're going there? What was the draft place that Justin was picked at? <laughs> okay hey uh, hold on i don't tone's not doing this one for me <laughs> What was the draft selection of Justin Jefferson? Okay. So Justin Jefferson was the 22nd player taken. You think that's a value pick? (laughs) You know, he's got 2,000 yard sales in two years. I think that guy's got 4,000 or something. I don't know what he's got. (laughs) I know they're working on a $30 million a year deal for him. (laughs) Ah, okay, okay. Look, this guy's a. I get it. I. <laughs> Jefferson has three thousand yards through, and, and, and again, I know, man, that's off the charts. Great, I get it. I get it. You know, totally. Devontae's completely lived up to that. Absolutely, totally lived up to it. <laughs> I, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> hey, Yale goes, they hit on him. Really? <laughs> hey, really, Yale, they hit on him? You think? Hey, don't forget, man, my boy's going to join me 
uh, Philly 500 at the bottom of the hour. Hey, tomorrow, Mike Lombardi is going to join us, former NFL general manager. And also, Phil Sims from CBS Sports is going to join us tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Silio, you're a fool, dude. You just. Okay, he goes, hey, I think 2,000 yards is going to What about Justin Jefferson, 22nd player taken? <laughs> of course, I go for, like, numbers that even Jerry Rice and Randy Moss hit. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not the – no, 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 no. Not disappointed in Devontae Smith at all. Absolutely not. At first, a little bit. At first, a little bit, but not, no, no. His route running ability, he, he, listen, he has a chance to, you know, if I were going to make a comparison, <laughs> that's good. Okay. Okay. If I had to compare him to somebody, Devontae Smith, maybe somebody like a Marvin Harrison. Um, Somebody like an Andre Risen, you know, somebody like that. Andre Risen, uh, uh, those players that I mentioned are great. He's not Antonio Brown. Absolutely not. Antonio Brown had seven years in a row of 126 catches, 119 catches, um, 1,500 yards, 1,600 yards. I'd be, that's, that's, I mean, his first seven years were some of the greatest years in the history of the National Football League. Okay? I mean, Antonio Brown's first, like, couple years. And by the way, you want to know what a value pick is? I think he was a sixth rounder. Steelers always find wideouts. Don't ask me how. Antonio Brown stats. Um, let's see here. He became a starter in his, well, his first year, he only played in nine games. Then the second year, he had 69 catches for 1,100 yards in his second year. Third year, that number went down because he got hurt. He had 66 catches for a 787. In his fourth season, 110, 129 catches, led the NFL. 136 catches, led the NFL. 106, 101, 104. And in the process, went for 15, 1,499, 1,500 yards, 1,700 yards, 1,834, 1,284, 1,533, 1,300. It's quite a little span there. That's some incredible numbers there, actually. Not, not, disappointed with, not disappointed at all. Actually, probably the best wide receiver maybe they've ever drafted. He's better than Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was kind of like a one-trick guy. Deep threat guy, not a great route runner. Phenomenal speed, amazing. Devontae's better. Philly 500 is going to join us bottom of the hour here. Um, so I would, I would say that Devontae's probably the best. Okay? Tony goes route running like Antonio Brown, not production. Whatever. I got to run a good route, but I'm not as productive. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> it's got to lead to something. 
Like Tone says, you can't put your name on a test and say, well, I'm a great route runner with 800 yards. <laughs> Chris Carter. Um, he's not Chris Carter. He's not Chris Carter. He, he's, he's, he's more like Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, I never thought was spectacular. Yet you looked up at his numbers. He was like, you know what's crazy? I never thought Emmett was. Emmett wasn't Barry. There's spectacular. You looked up. This is what you did with Emmett. Damn, he did it in college, too, and in high school at Escambia. 28 carries, 150 yards. You're like, what? 28 carries, 8 yards, 5 yards, 9 yards, 6 yards, 10 yards, 4 yards, 3 yards, never minus. And here's Barry. Minus 2, minus 4, minus 7. 78 yards down the sidelines. You're like, shit. Unbelievable. I mean, right? He'd be always minus plays. And that's what Jimmy used to say. The difference between Barry and Emmett, Emmett never had minus yards. Barry did. There were always minus plays. Emmett Smith wasn't going to have minus yards. He wasn't going to. Emmett was five, eight, seven. Nine, never the 48-yard touchdown run. That was Barry. Barry looked more explosive. And yet at the end, Emmett Smith was the more dependable back. And Emmett Smith was the guy that was going to win ball games that mattered, NFC title games. Albeit played, and by the way, there it goes again, like we talked about with Jalen. You got to have a better football team. They built a better team around Emmett. Just like they have to build a better team around Jalen. They have to, all the, you know, you know what? All the things that Howie has to do to keep that train going are the things that they did in New England and the things that they're doing in Kansas City. And that's building and maintaining a roster that can win. And to me, again, like I said, here, let me just say this. Do you actually think that Jalen Hurts can win a Super Bowl without Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on it? That guy in Kansas City can. If he just had Dallas Goddard in Philly, you think Jalen Hurts can win a Super Bowl? Not a chance. Not a chance. That's what you got to be prepared for. That would be like winning it with Quez Watkins and whomever. Could anyone besides Mahomes? Yeah. Brady did it. Think Think about this, for instance. Who had better offensive talent around them, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? And their time when they battled against one another. Who who had better offensive talent? So wait a minute. You had Dallas Clark, Pro Bowl tight end. You had Marshall Falk and Edgerin James. Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. And you won one Super Bowl? That's underachieving. The guy in Pittsburgh won more than Peyton Manning did in Indianapolis. The guy in Pittsburgh did. Yeah, but Sills, the first Super Bowl they won, he wasn't really a factor. 
They kept building a good team around him. The first Super Bowl that that guy won was because of what the team had around him. The same thing Jalen had last year. Jalen wasn't great in the post. He wasn't great in the postseason except for the Super Bowl. Divisional game, NFC title game. He wasn't very good in those games. But, okay, he was far better in his Super Bowl appearance, his first one, than what Roethlisberger was. Roethlisberger didn't have to do shit in that Super Bowl. They had a great team around him. They cashed in. They cashed in with the roster. And they Big Ben just came along after that. Steelers, Steelers cashed in. The Eagles didn't. Okay? If KC has a good draft, they can win again. Or the Bengals and the Bills. Chargers, I just don't believe that the Chargers have the management or the head coach to win it. They got the quarterback, but they just don't have. Dude, how do you have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler if they're able to resign him? The left tackle they drafted a couple of years ago, who's a really fine ball player, Joey Boza, Khalil Ma- How do you have all that? Derwin James. And you can't get to an AFC championship game. It's an organ. And by the way, I love Tom Telesco. He's been on this program. I just, I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it. Shit. Eli had less talent in his offense than Peyton Manning did. I, I look at Peyton Manning's postseason. I've never been enamored with his postseason play. 14 and 13 as a record, one game over 500. Um, People make it sound like this guy was some superstar in the postseason. I think there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of W's that were lost by him, and he played in the era of Brady. Happens. It's like playing in the era of Tiger or playing in the era of Jordan. When you're in that and you're playing against them kind of guys, I get it. But shit, man, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl in Baltimore. He got one. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There was a, there was a. There was a span where it it was Flacco, Brady, and 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 Manning, and Manning, that were the only Super Bowl champions. Okay. Yeah, of course the Patriots cheated because <laughs> it mattered. How come they would end up winning two more Super Bowls after Deflategate, Highgate, and all that other shit? really mattered (laughs) oh boy i tell you man i have got a list of shit to talk to my boy philly 500 let's bring him up here by the way tomorrow we're bill stem party and i thought that i would put the big superstar on today in Philly 500, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Couldn't couldn't be happier. How are you doing, my man? I'm going to ask you something and present something to you here. Okay. There are three dudes in this draft. Yes. Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter, and Will Anderson. Those yes. are the three best dudes. The rest of them, okay. Fine ball players, this and that. Um. Would you consider if Anderson's at four or five trading 
the 10th pick and the 30th pick to get the best player that would it get this too, Philly. If he was in last year's draft, he'd have went number one overall. If he's in this year's draft, he's the best player in the draft. He's the best football player in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that? Yes, absolutely. I actually did a video on this, which wasn't very popular among Seagull fans, but I, I, I suggested this. I suggested the possibility of trading up for Will Anderson Jr. if you had the opportunity. To me... I have him listed as my best player in this draft, followed by Jalen Carter and third, Bijan Robinson. So those are my top three. And I think if you had an opportunity to get him, I think you have to consider it. Yes, I would. Now, I would rather draft Jalen Carter at 10 and trade up and get Bijan Robinson and come away with both of them. That's my dream case scenario. But I would consider Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. Think of this when you put this out here. Hassan Reddick as your will on your weak side, I mean, on your on your strong side linebacker, you have Will Anderson. Your mm -hmm. ends are Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. It's the best front seven in the – you would have the thing you had in 17 this time, Philly. Mm -hmm. You'd have the best front seven in the NFL, yeah. and yeah. you would have the best offensive line in the NFL. Isn't that a remedy here? Because, look. How many players do you think this football team is away from winning a Super Bowl? Depending on what side of the ball, one to two. One to two, depending on what side of the ball. Carter and Anderson can make that gap up, don't you think? Yes. Dude, Miles I, I, Murphy's not going to make that gap no, up. No, no. I, I think, I mean, I think everybody is looking at this draft. There's, okay, we got to draft this guy. We lost. This guy here, so we must replace this guy here. We lost this guy here, so we must replace this guy here. But what are you doing to win next year also? You want to build for the future, but you, you're you one series away from winning a Super Bowl. You're going to take two, three steps back now and just be okay with it? I don't understand it. I think you've got to go and try to get impact players in this draft more than anything. Impact guy, guys that can come in and play right now. Philly, I watched I watched Jalen Carter's tape last night again. Mm -hmm. He's a machine, dude. He gets off the block well. He runs yeah. like Jerome. Look, I you know people are they're mad at me because I'm comparing him. And what I'm trying to give people is a visual. If he lives up to what Jerome was and was going to be, that's another thing. Okay, I'm trying to give you a visual here. Mm -hmm. His feet remind me of Jerome's. He gets off blocks. He's productive. I mean, when you watch, like, when you see him in, the SEC, in an SEC game and you put the tape on, he wows you amongst all the players that are on the field. I agree. Receivers, quarterback, whomever. You, you immediately, your eyes go to him and go, wow, is this right. guy. Look, are there question marks? I get it. I understand it. But to me, man, that guy there, you have to take him at 10, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I have to take I have to take him at 10 because of, of the position he plays, the importance, and his upside. It, it's great. And listen, Jerome Brown's one of the great I got it right here. He's <laughs> one of the greats it. of all time. You know, right. one of my favorite guys of all time. And you played with him. You you were next to him. You know what he's like. So 
I I take that as as like truth as like man, he's really. By the way, Philly, I've never guy. compared. I've never compared another right. talent coming out of college. Mm. Right. Other than right. this kid. And, and, and like you said, there's a difference between saying, all right, this guy has this talent and upside, but can he come and live up to it? That's a whole nother argument. But um, I think you're right. I think Jalen Carter, if he's there at 10, I don't think you have a choice but to take him. And, unless there's, you know, the off the field stuff is a big problem that we don't know of. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think you have to take him. You know, Philly, I hear people do this all the time. And your your point, by the way, there's people in the Philly media that are going, a running back is the dumbest thing on the planet. I'm gonna tell you why, I'm gonna tell you why you're right. Those same people would rather have you take a lesser talent and go with a position of need yeah. and take the lesser player at 10. I know. I know. Then take the better player at 10. I know. I I I, I it, it's like hiring the lesser the lesser talented guy. I I what is that what is that fun to this is why the Eagles stunningly overdraft. Here, right. let me let me show you something here. And Tone gave me this that. Let me show you something here about um about about Fletcher Cox's rookie year. Now let me let me throw this at you here. When you watched Fletcher Cox's first year, did you know immediately he was a good ball player? I, I thought he had I thought he had flashes, but I didn't know that he was going to be as good as he was first year. How about this? Here's his first year, 15 games, nine starts, five and a half sacks, yeah, 10 quarterback good. hits, good, eight TFLs, yeah, one forced good. fumble. Guy played 50% of the snaps. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, that's not even a career, that's not even a season that Jordan Davis has played. And right. you took him at 13. And just for the record, Fletcher mm-hmm. was taken 12th. Right. So the Eagles have a propensity of drafting and overdrafting in the early part of the draft. I think they're great from two down, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay? So to me, taking a dude like Brian Branch at 10 is dumber than taking <laughs> Bijan Robinson because you're taking a guy who's evaluated as the 30th player in the draft. Personally, I don't think this draft is that great with talent. Mm-hmm. I think there's three mm-hmm. impact guys. Look at the quarterbacks. How about this one? How many plays do you think Bryce Young could play in Philadelphia if, say, Jalen Hurts wasn't the quarterback? How many games do you think he would last at that size playing in that system this year? I have no idea. I have no five? idea. Five? You think only he'd only last five games? Wow. That's He's 5'10", 185. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't. You He's couldn't gonna be the number thing. one player taken. Right. right. So you're gonna take that player, number one overall, knowing full well that guy. I named you only one team. He couldn't play in Philly, Baltimore. He couldn't play in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He couldn't play in any of those things. But you're gonna draft the lesser player, man. I think that mentality is fundamentally flawed. I'm t- I'm looking for the best player, and I'm gonna add, I'm gonna show you something here. To the Eagles' point, and this is to you guys and what you've done since 2000. Philly, the number one position drafted since 2000, what do you think that position is? The number one position drafted? Defensive line? DBs. Wow. Okay. 37. Wow. Okay. How many have they hit on? Not that many. 
Not so you're going to take Gonzalez or Joey Porter at 10 and hope they're right? Well, no, because the, the thing is, is as much as people want to talk about running back, the Eagles don't take running backs in the first round. They don't take running backs in the first round. When's the last safety they take in the first round? When's the last cornerback, Lito Shepard, that was taken in the first round? They don't take those positions either. So if we're going to go by what positions they usually take, um, they don't they don't take other positions except for what offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver recently, and that's pretty much been it. Otherwise, any position from running back, cornerback, safety, linebacker is not positions that they take. So Here, bringing up no, Christian Gonzalez, is, you know, the second most drafted position is O line at thirty three. They get an A for that. Well, hey, if the Eagles took – if they traded down from 10 and took an O-lineman in the first round, okay, mm -hmm. that's kind of what they do. That's who they yeah. are. They're, they're that kind of guy. I mean, they're great at evaluating. The third most drafted position is defensive end with 25. How do you think they've done in the last 23 years defensive end? They've done horrible in the early drafts. They've done pretty good or okay, I would say, maybe in the is later. Is Sweat a fourth-rounder? Something like that, right? Okay. I don't remember what he So he wasn't exactly. a first-rounder. They landed on no. him in the latter rounds, like I said. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's true. They, they've done okay in the later rounds with some, some guys. But as far as early, Derek, Barnett, guys like that, they have missed. The third – the, the fourth most drafted position is wide receiver. Hmm. How do you think they've that done in 23 me. years? They've done horrible. Only 20, 24 the wideouts they've drafted. Not good. Not good at all. They they The last two guys they got out of the draft, and I'll consider A.J. Brown one of them because of the first-round pick they traded for him. Him and Devontae have been hits, but before that, it's been bad. It's been really bad. I think you're going to be stunned by this. The linebacking core is the fifth most drafted position at 23. Mm. Um, but here, here's where I'm going with all this. Okay, here's where I'm going with all this. You're, you need to hit on these picks, right? Right. Because if you're telling me, Philly, you're two or three players away, Bro, you can't have guys sitting on the sidelines chewing ice like you did last year. And Tone mm -hmm. just said, Tone goes, of those wide receivers, only Jackson, Macklin, and Smith hit. So, Miles Murphy at 10? Dude, what the hell are you trying to do here? you no. got to get an impact guy, don't you? Right. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I liked the Jordan Davis pick at the time. I still think he's got a lot of talent. Listen, I'm not – No, 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 Philly – He's just overdrafted at 13. I said this on draft day. You're hoping he's Fletcher, and you're hoping that his bottom floor is Vince Wolfert. Okay. Those are two good players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, see, I'm with you with, with the with the Bajon thing. I, I think that – it's been so ingrained in people's heads that you don't take a running back in the first round. You don't take a running back in the first round. You don't take a running back in the first round. They they look at a guy with the talent of Bajan Robinson and and they just dismiss it. They, I mean, 
to me, the people that want Bajan Robinson are in the minority in this thing because most Eagle fans, I would tell you right now, would not take him at 10. They do not want him. They think there are other running backs comparable. I do not. And, and, and again, the, 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 mental, the, the fundamentally mental just not being reasonable about it is you would rather take a position of need that's the lesser player this is what constitutes – you know why I, I – Philly, the reason that I think the Eagles do a better job in the latter rounds in finding guys is because players start to fall in line mm-hmm. after the second round. Then you become – they're better at doing this, best player available. When right. they're in the first round and they're reaching for need, that's right. when they get in trouble. Right. I am, I'm going to – I am going to give you some hope, though. That, that maybe things changed a little bit from last year and that maybe this will be the year that they, they do what we're talking about doing right now and take the best player on the board. Um, the A.J. Brown thing, if you go back a year ago, it was like it was forbidden to say the Eagles would give a first-round pick for a veteran wide receiver and then pay him $20 million. No way how he would do that. The Eagles aren't doing that. Philly, you're crazy. Because I was suggesting you got to trade for one of these receivers, Metcalf, Debo, or A.J. Brown. They all were trying to get traded. So I'm like, you got to try to get one of those guys. And it was forbidden. It was never done. The Eagles would never do it. And they did it. So so maybe maybe Howie is capable of pulling this off uh, with Bijan Robinson. Because I think Bijan Robinson you talk about how many guys you need to get back to the Super Bowl. You give me Bajon Robinson, and I think this team's ready to go back because I think he changes the offense that much. I'll tell you what, it's crazy, but the three of us, you, Tone, and myself, um, are on the same page with this because, again, the Eagles are in a position right now where they're close. Right. Robinson helps you win now. Yeah. Carter helps you win now. Anderson helps you win now. Dude, if you drafted a corner this year, yeah. he sit here, here's a rule in the NFL, uh, Philly. You pay him, you're playing him. Right. He ain't playing. No. He's sitting behind Slay and Bradbury. Right. You can't have that. You gotta have guys step on the football field this year and playing some ball for you, right. man. Right. And same with safety, right? Same. Uh, you, you know they're not going to take a linebacker. So to me, I think I think you're looking at I think you're looking at Jalen Carter most likely at ten if he's there. And then I think the other position you got to watch for that wouldn't be running back is offensive line. I could see the Eagles drafting one of these offensive linemen because they do possibly have a, a hole at the right guard spot. If like Paris Johnson Jr., if they think they can put him at right guard right away and plug them in for a couple years, then move them to right tackle when Lane retires. They may do something like that. But when you're talking about, like, like instant impact, you're better, it's Bijan Robinson. And it's not even close. Think about this, right? We, we've talked about just helping next year. He's going to help you right away. He's already your best running back as soon as you draft him. He's young. He's healthy. He's also under contract, a rookie contract, for four or five years, right? And, and, you know, they got Rashad Penny, good player, when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. And let's say he goes out and has a great year, Stills. He goes out and has a great year. He's gone. So then now you got to get another running back. Another running back comes in, good year, he's gone. They're not going to pay these running backs. They got, you're better off getting Bijan Robinson 
under contract for four or five years. Who cares about his second contract? Use him up for four or five years. Get the most out of him. And, and you got a chance. They, as soon as they get him, I believe they go back to the Super Bowl. If you took Bajon Robinson's name out of the draft and you said, this is Edron James or this is Barry Sanders, would people really skip over those guys too? Because to me, you have to, you have to be crazy to do that. You know? Absolutely. And, and that's why I'm making the comparisons like this. Like you, like you just said, I love that comparison, by the way, to Edron James. I yeah. mean, I threw Le'Veon Bell in there. Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh was a 1,500-yard back, 750-catch guy, or 750 yards in receiving yardage. He was a machine in Pittsburgh. He's that kind of guy, which is more kind of like what you're thinking there with James and with Marshall Falk. And the other guy, Carter's Jerome Brown. So if you saw Edger and James and Jerome Brown sitting there that could be those type of players, right? you're telling me you're going to take Miles Murphy? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. And and I, I, I think, you know, I think the narrative of the Eagles don't draft first round backs. I, 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 I don't know if I fully believe it because they I bet you Dallas takes them. Oh, yeah. Dallas, Dallas is licking their chops at them. There's no question. But, you know, when when Christian McCaffrey was on the board, there were reports and things came out saying the Eagles were going to take him at 14. They were going to take him. I Ship, they tried to trade him for him. Right. So if they look at Bijan Robinson as a Christian McCaffrey type back, they could pull the trigger here. They could. It's it, it, it just is such a smart move. And people can't see it because everybody doesn't want I think people were afraid to say, well, you know, it's you're not you're not supposed to draft the running back in the first round. We're told you're not supposed to draft the running back in the first round. Well, guess what? This running back would be going to a team that just was in the Super Bowl. It's not like you're the New York Giants rebuilding your whole team. This kid's getting carries that are going to be for a team that is trying to go back to the Super Bowl, that could go back to the Super Bowl. Every carry is meaningful. I, I think I think I just talked myself into it. You get, let's get Howie on the phone, man. Hey, <laughs> would you draft Brian Westbrook in the first round? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean – yeah, I, 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 hey, no, you stick with Miles Murphy. <laughs> right. Hey, let me, let me, let me throw this one at you here. Hey, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like Philly said, watch how he shocked the world and draft Bijan. <laughs> hey, how about this now being reported? So, executives around the league and everyone is now saying that Clutch Sports is working on the framework of Jalen's contract. And it's going to resemble Mahomes' deal. Yeah. And I saw a framework and an outline of Mahomes' deal. And I'll tell you what, Philly, it's littered with Howie Roseman's and Howie World and the fact that you're going to have off-ramps. If you need money, you're going to go to Jalen Hurts National. And he's going to restructure contracts. He's going to restructure bonuses. He's going to restructure roster incentives he's going to be doing all that stuff for the team and that is the framework of what they've got going on in kansas city makes sense yeah and and don't forget new england new england did yep. the, tom brady did the same thing um that's that shows you that he cares about winning that's exactly to me the makeup of a a franchise quarterback you want he, it's not just about the money he wants to have a team out there where he could go and win so winning is important to him so to me, uh, 
that's that's exactly what I want from 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 a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. You don't get that with a lot of guys. Okay, got one last one for you here, and I know you're probably going to throw up on me on it. Would you entertain having Cam Newton as your backup quarterback in Philadelphia? Not this year, but uh, if if maybe next year, I would. I would you don't be, think Mariota is better than this guy? I I don't. I just don't think that you're going to have the money to go bring in. You have to what? Cut Mariota? Cam you said, no, Cam put a list together of teams that he right. Would I saw that. Yeah, that yeah. he would be the backup for, mm-hmm. and one of the names. Yeah. Was Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean, I... you have him back there. <clears throat> Look, mm-hmm. do I think he could start seventeen games? I don't think there's anybody on the planet who thinks he can go seventeen mm-hmm. games anymore, and I don't mm-hmm. either. But I'll tell right. you what, I think he'd look a hell of a lot better than Gardner Minshew, and I think oh, he yeah. could carry you for eight eight quarters if you had to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I think I think he would be a good a good backup quarterback to bring in. Yeah. I, I I mean, I don't have a problem with it at all if they wanted to do that, but you've already got a backup in Mariota here. So how are you going to make that work? Mariota dog. He sucked every place he's been. The thing, yeah. But the thing is, is they already paid him, right? I mean, they're paying him uh, what, 8 million. Dude, this guy's going to be on the league minimum though. A million a year. Oh, if he comes in the league minimum, sure. Well, what do you do? Well, I'll tell you this. I tell I tell him this. Hey, you want here, I'm gonna pull a howie on you. Okay, now I want you to like 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 Tone says, you're now in the howie, you're in the howie sphere here, you're in the globe here. Hey, I got a million bucks that I'm gonna give you league minimum. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna hear we're gonna help reinvent you. We're going to maybe even do some special things with you. You're going to be essential, showing everybody you're a good teammate. Come on into Philly. Here's a $1.2 million deal to be our backup quarterback. Who do you feel more comfortable putting in a game, Marcus Mariota or Cam Newton? I'm probably Cam Newton. Yeah, I would put. I feel more comfortable with Cam. William oh. goes, Newton stinks. Oh, Mariota's gold. <laughs> I, I, I like Mariota, but I, I do, like hey, what sucks I, yeah. is I like the kid too. Yeah, man. he's a good kid. I yeah. do. He is hey, hey, you should hear Philly. Everywhere he's been, everyone loves him. Yeah. Okay. I think if Mariota went to the right coach and the right team when he came out, he would have been really good. I think the worst thing to happen is he went to Tennessee. That that's I really believe that. How about this one, Hoss? You put Cam Newton in that Philly scrum. <laughs> <laughs> I would I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind Cam Newton. Of course not. No. Cam I mean, in there, Philly. Hey, Cam on fourth and one. Right. Yeah. Oh. Is that a bust you're gonna have you're gonna have the league, you're gonna have the league going crazy. Well, they're already trying to ban us from quarterback sneaks on fourth and one. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Watch this. You bring him in just to do this. We want to run you. We don't want Jalen getting hurt. Right. And we'll give you the contract. You'll be you'll be you're our fourth down guy. <laughs> and you have him in the goal line and in fourth and one. And you bring so you have a six seven quarterback at two hundred sixty five pounds and the Philly scrum, right, <laughs> dude? Yeah, they the, the the competition committee would 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 outlaw that in week two. They're already trying to outlaw outlaw our quarterback sneaks now, you know, which is another reason you may need a Bajon Robinson. You know, get me that two hundred twenty pounds. I'm back. A lot of fun, man. I, hey, dude, you're awesome, man. I thank, thank you so man. much. By the way, make Appreciate sure it. you guys 
you guys make sure you check. Hey, man, when do you broadcast? When? Yeah. Well, I, I do. I'll do but everything. When you feel like game. it? Man, you're gold. Yeah. I do I, I, when I when I can, you know. I, I still do have a another day job, so I got you. Um, but but when uh, when I can, I try to do it. I do all the Eagles games and stuff like that. Uh, definitely every Saturday night I stream. Um, but uh, usually a couple videos is what I do, only because of work and stuff. I got to check it out even more so now, Billy. Yeah, thank you, brother. I'm there. All right. Yeah, you man. Got thank it, man. you. We'll catch you down there. Thank all you right. so much. That's my boy, Philly Five Hundred. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. football show by the way tomorrow mike lombardi you hear mike lombardi all the time on wip in philly 
and he's really great when it comes to the draft. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think Mike's the former general manager um, of the Cleveland Browns, and he's going to join us tomorrow. Also, that'll be 5.30, and Phil Sims from CBS Sports is going to join us at 4.30. I'll ask him tomorrow what he thinks of the development of Jalen Hurts, if the Eagles are still the preeminent team when it comes to winning the NFC this year and the NFC East, um, you're not going to get Bijan in the second round. Bijan Robinson is not going to go in the second round. The Cowboys are taking him. Like I said to you guys, the Cowboys are taking or going after Derrick Henry or Bijan Robinson. I don't care what anybody in Philly tells you. Cowboys are closing the gap. Now, are they are they there? Like here, watch this. I'll give you I'll give you this. If the Eagles are a 10 in the NFC East to win the East, the Cowboys right now. I actually think the Cowboys, I'm shocked where the Cowboys are, actually. I would say this how close they are to the Cowboys. Probably a seven to the Eagles, 10. The Eagles still have better talent. Their old line is exceptionally better than theirs. Um, the wide receiving court is upgraded, but Philly has Goddard and the two wideouts. You have no depth. But then again, neither, neither do they. I mean, and look, I would say this, Brandon Cook, CeeDee Lamb, not in the same room of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And then you add Goddard to the mix. It's it's The passing game is not, but Dak beats you. But Dak beats you. I mean, since 16, the Cowboys are 9-5 and five versus you guys. Okay? They're 9-5. and five. So, for whatever reason, I got your number. Um, I do think they've improved. I think their secondary's improved. I think their deep... Um, they got more of an experienced defensive coordinator than you do in Dan Quinn. I like Dan. Dan's a guy who's more like a Jim Johnson because he's a creative guy. Okay. Look, do I think they've closed the gap like, like this tight? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. See, yeah, that loss of Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. That's right. Don't be surprised if they draft that kid out of Notre Dame. But I think they need to – but you see, again, Tone, they're not going to win a Super Bowl with a tight end. They're going to win a Super Bowl with a running back. And they are they need to get the ball a little bit out of Dak Prescott's hands. That means giving it to a back. The Cowboys have won Super Bowl. Always remember one thing. When don't you ever remember in the Jerry Jones era the Cowboys not having a really good running back? Emmett, Zeke. It's a staple of theirs. Tight end. I mean, Jason Witten. Okay. Jason Witten's of the world. And again, another overrated guy. Jay Novacek fit into the running game that they had. But Jay wasn't an essential part of the running game. The Cowboys didn't win Super Bowls throwing the ball and they had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. 
They won the game playing stout defense and also killing teams on the ground. It's a different NFL. I get it. I get it. Completely different NFL. Schultz is a big loss for them. But again, <clears throat> I mean, they take the do what the Broncos did to Elway. When Elway had the ball in his hand, he lost three Super Bowls. When they put the ball in the hands of Terrell Davis, they won two in a row. John became an orchestrator, kind of. He was almost the second guy on that. Dude, that football team that won those Super Bowls in Denver, John Elway wasn't the catalyst on that team. Terrell Davis was. He was the guy that delivered. Tomorrow, packed day. Man, absolutely packed day tomorrow. 4.30, we are going to have Phil Sims, as I said, and then Mike Lombardi will join us at 5.30. Marshawn Lynch, there you go, man. They took Marshawn Lynch off that Seattle team. Seattle was never the same, were they? They never were the same. Appreciate you, Tone. Thank you so much. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you guys again for all the things you do for us each and every single day. Here on Jacob Sports and on the National Football Show, we so appreciate it. Great Holy Week. I can't wait for Easter, and tomorrow's going to be, um, again, Good Friday. So we look forward to seeing all of you. God bless everyone. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit